1: Welcome to the season finale of Are You Afraid Scream Queens, the unofficial Scream Queens internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Sunday, December 13th, 2015, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Scream Queens, the season finale of Scream Queens. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit Fox series' casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. So let me introduce you, and please welcome my fantastic co hosts First up, she penned the missive to end all missives. Because she's not a total div, it's Priscilla.
2: Easy enough so all you orangutans can follow. Hey guys!
1: I love that. Next up, his social security number is 123456789. His home address is Sesame Street, 666 Sesame Street, to be exact. He graduated from Sweet Valley High and he got a million percent on his SATs. It's Prince Rico Suave.
3: What can you say? I'm all around American.
1: Yes, that's what they say about you. And excuse him for a second while he drops the mic. He's headed to Quantico. You don't want to look back at it one more time? It's Wilson Wilson.Hammond, Jr. Oh, man, missing out on a, such a sweet thing when I head to the FBI. <laughs> That's what they say. So let's get into uh, the season finale of Scream Queens. We're going to get into our recap of episode 112, which was titled Dorcas, and episode 113, titled The Final Girls, with the parentheses, uh, with the S, which both of them aired on December 8th, 2015. So here's the official synopsis for episode 112, titled Dorcas. Dorcas. Pete admits to Grace that he was part of the Red Devil scheme, and was in fact the third murderer to don the costume, alongside Boone and his twin sister. Pete claims responsibility for the murders of Roger, Boone, and the attempted murder of Chanel, at the mall and the murder, of course, of the police officer. Grace is disgusted by his constant rationalizing of his actions and tries to leave. However, Pete piques her interest with the identity of the remaining Red Devil. He begins to divulge the identity. However, the Red Devil fatally stabs him before he can tell Grace who it is. Meanwhile, a vitriol-filled email penned by Chanel after their failure to help her kill Munch goes viral, and the public turns on Chanel. A helpless pizza delivery guy is strapped to a dynamite vest and forced to impersonate the Red Devil by an unknown female, and is blown up in the Kappa house. Distraught, Chanel considers suicide, but Zayde convinces her to rise up and reform her cruel ways. She decides to begin with a fake apology to Melanie Dorcas, who still believes that Chanel is responsible for the acid attack that left her permanently deformed, Grace and Wes decide to unmask the killer once and for all and institute a plan. Wes will seduce Dean Munch to gain access to her files so that Grace and Zayde can investigate the girls and determine who has the skills to be the killer. The Chanel's go to Dorcas's house for the apology, however Hester stays behind to rob Chanel's closet, and Chanel Number no. 5 leaves for a Tinder date. Chanel attempts to stab Dorcas with scissors, convinced she is the killer, before Grace and Zayde stop her with the proclamation that Hester is the Red Devil. Grace, Zayde, Chanel, and Chanel number no. three return to Kappa, finding Chanel number no. five in the bathroom and Hester with a stiletto heel jammed into her eye socket. As Hester is being taken to the hospital, she points to Chanel number no. five, claiming that she was the one who attacked her. And here's the synopsis for episode 113, The Final Girls. In 2016, Kappa Kappa Tau has been rebuilt from the ground up thanks to the efforts of President Zayde. Vice President Grace and Treasurer Hester. Dean Munch is now a best-selling author and is in a serious relationship with Wes. Chad sets up a foundation honoring his dead friends and enters into a relationship with Denise, who is excelling as Chief of Police. Hester reveals that she was the Red Devil and got away with all of her crimes. Having grown up in the asylum with Gigi and Boone, Hester soon became obsessed with exacting revenge on the people who took away her mother and faked her scoliosis to distract people from her plans. She describes herself as the brains of the operation and Boone as the muscle who actually committed all of the murders. Back in December of 2015, Hester survives the stiletto stabbing, having inflicted it on herself, manages to convince Denise that the three Chanel's are all killers and they are arrested. During their trial, Chanel offends the jurors who originally marked the girls as innocents, with her arrogance and rudeness so much so that they find the girls guilty of all charges, and the trio are sentenced to life in the mental asylum that formerly housed Gigi, Boone, and Hester. There, Chanel is unanimously voted asylum president. Chanel Number three embraces her lesbianism and begins a relationship with one of the female nurses and Chanel Number five is placed on a series of medications that completely transform her personality into someone Chanel actually likes One night, Chanel is awoken in the middle of the night by a knife wielding red devil burm, burm, burm. So much happened in this two hour season finale that i'm really excited to chat with all of you about it so i want to get everyone's initial reaction to both episodes so after the two hours was over and done with what were your initial thoughts priscilla
2: i was satisfied like we were talking about it last episode where i was like if it comes out that it's someone unexpected or even if it comes out to be someone that we knew from the beginning so long as they do it well in the episodes i'll be happy and they did it really well i honestly don't like the fact that that we got so much pete and grace in the first part of the episode but other than that like i loved it wish there were more chad though
1: there could always be more chad Uh, prince your initial thoughts on the episode um
3: I liked it. Um I liked how it played out. Um I probably the only thing I probably could say I didn't like was probably the total ending, the complete ending. But other than that, I'm like I enjoyed it. It was a good 2 hours. Like it kept me entertained. Oh, right
1: now. Wilson, your initial thoughts. All that and no fucking murder. <laughs> there was a murder. There was. And a lot of flashbacks Cold. to old murders. Come on. And this whole
0: us counting down this whole time we've been counting down how many people would survive and then the whole fucking cast survive yeah i kind of did
3: enjoy that though because i like like after a while you kind of grow to like them and you want to see if they do come back for another season
1: that is true and ryan murphy does have an out though because he did say that at least four would continue on to the next series
2: but he also said at the beginning of the season, like, oh, like most of the people that you know are gonna die. So I was hoping for like main characters. Yeah, that to is that. true.
1: I think only three official, like, series regular status people died: Gigi, okay. Pete, and Earl Gray. Those were those are the three actors that would be considered series regulars that died. Everyone else was recurring.
2: So, yeah, I kind of agree with Wilson. If, if you're talking about, like, deaths, we didn't get enough.
1: Like, I do
0: like, like, you know, we got, you know, I don't know, I guess hearing it from Hester's point of view, and we I, I forgot who it was that said Hester a few weeks ago. It's like, maybe the whole neck brace thing was a fake. I don't know who said that, but, like, like damn it, that was dead on, like, but, yeah, so, yeah, my, yeah, not enough killing, not enough slashing of the main character's, and uh the fact that the main so many of the main characters made it i mean they're living perfectly in it i don't yeah i don't know we'll get into that though so.
2: also i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that shadow 'cause because i was the one that said that the neck brace might be like a fake out but i totally didn't see like that she was a killer i just thought the whole thing was gonna be a fake out Indeed. they explained everything really well though
1: they really they did, did. I enjoyed the episode. I enjoyed both episodes. I'll agree a little bit with Prince on like the final 30 seconds, but we'll discuss that towards the end of our broadcast. But as a whole, I thought it was a really fun episode. A lot of really long monologues. Uh, I think like the first two sections of the episode was pretty much like really long monologues for Pete and for Chanel. Uh, I'm like, wow, like they're getting all that exposition out there, which was hella entertaining, but I was like, okay, listen, people getting epic monologues throughout the two hour broadcast which was interesting to see but overall I thought it was uh, a fun conclusion to uh, the season and uh, this first installment first iteration of the series so let's get into everything right now and we pick up exactly where we left off last time where we saw Pete basically telling uh, Grace you know you know, you can't be with, with me. I'm a murderer. You can't be your first time with a murderer. And so we have Pete basically divulging everything, how he got involved basically with the Red Devil. He says that it was an idea that sparked, because of Grace, and their drive back after meeting uh, Mandy, one of the original Kappa girls. He was uh, filming one night, the night of Chandel's murder, and he followed the Red Devil after he killed uh, Chandel into the Dickie Dollar Scholar's uh, house, and it turned out to be Boone. Boone explained everything and basically convinced him to join uh, this plot, this scheme. And so Pete confessed to being the one to kill Dodger, or Roger, he wasn't sure, and uh, he also uh, killed Boone because he felt that Boone, you know, was the muscle, and he was going all crazy, and you know, he was trying to end it. He also is the one that maimed uh, Chanel on Black Friday and killed uh, the officer by shooting the crossbow, and he was like, "I don't know how to use a crossbow," and that kind of thing. <laughs> At one point, he was actually. Wait, go ahead.
2: That was actually, the, the, at one point he was actually funny. Like, that that part made really me crack up.
1: Yeah. At, at one point, Grace was, like, trying to stab him, but he subdued her. He was like, you need to listen to everything. You need to listen to everything. And she was doing the usual thing that a girl does in horror movies. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe you. Like, you know, I you need to get away from me and that kind of thing. At some point as well, uh, as he's telling his story, the Red Devils were actually going to kill him. But, uh he ended up convincing them to keep him alive and that's when he had to start killing and so his first kill was once again Roger or Dodger he's still not sure as he's saying all this like we're seeing Grace and her reaction to it and she's you know she's can't believe what she's hearing and uh, she ends up like leaving she's because he's like you know we can still be together we can do all this you know the reason I did this was because you know I had this crush on Chanel and Chanel made me act you know something out a fetish that supposedly she had but it wasn't true and she laughed at me and they all laughed at me and that kind of thing and so Grace was tired at one point and she was like I'm gonna leave you know don't ever speak to me again and that's when he blurted out yeah well don't you want to find out who the other one is the twin it's one of your sisters and just as she returns and he's about to say everything You know, he's explaining that he uh, took DNA samples from all of uh, the Kappa girls and he figured out who it is. The final red devil, a.k.a. the twin, busts out of the closet, stabs uh, Pete, killing him. There's this epic fight between Grace and the Red Devil. It seems like she's trying to rip off the the mask, but it doesn't come off. And uh, before we cut to commercial, we see the Red Devil, you know, like put their hands up and then bam, and then we don't know what happens. At this point in the episode, Did you guys think Grace was dead? Did you guys think that the Red Devil had killed her? And what did you think of Pete's involvement in the whole thing and his confession and that kind of thing? Did it make sense with what we've seen?
2: It made sense. And I don't know, the fact that Grace was like the half-sister of um, the Red Devil, Like I knew in my heart of hearts like I knew that she wasn't going to die. But I was hoping it could like I was like, please let me be wrong. Please let them
3: surprise me. Please let them be dead. It was wishful thinking. I was wishing she was going to be dead too, but we knew she wasn't going to be dead, so that was a problem.
0: Yeah. Like like I've been saying from the beginning, y'all thought I was a crackpot just saying some crazy shit. Told you Grace had something to do with this shit all along. I didn't know how she had something to do with it, but I knew she had something to do with it. And that being your sister, yeah. Your whole family, she got crazy in her too. That's the reason why she played, she, she'd be acting like that. I knew she had something to do with it somehow.
2: Yeah, so she gave like a really weird, like, even if you're speaking in an offhand manner, it's, it's a really weird thing to say that like, yeah, maybe the serial killer has it right. Like, like, she's fucked up too.
0: Right, totally fucked up. Yup, knew it. I knew she had something to do with <laughs> it.
2: Also, like during that fight, I was I, I was thinking she was gonna take him out. Who the hell can get like bashed like behind the head like five or six times and still like not get like dizzy or knocked out like some like bad shit crazy. Well yeah. Maybe that that, was... that that costume acts like a helmet or something because shit, like
3: that was rough.
2: Exactly.
3: Or maybe it just looked rough.
1: You know Grace is frail. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> She got the, uh, i don't want to say final girl energy—but for lack of a better word, she got that final girl energy in her. In that scene, you know, she was getting her—you uh, know—Lori Strode and um, Sydney. I always forget her name. Sydney Prescott, right? Sydney Prescott on from Scream. She was doing well, it.
2: She she's is even her, got like the whole her magic like, virgin powers. The yes, right. It's always the same thing.
3: Right, magic but, virgin powers.
2: it saves you because no because everyone's too bored to actually like kill you
1: yes the power of the hymen
2: oh my god pete's like what what chanel did that was pretty fucking funny like jesus christ i i I saw that and you know how when you see television sometimes like you feel embarrassment for that character and you can't even look at them you're just like oh my god why why are you doing this shit that's how i felt watching it i had to like look away (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, bro, like, bro, oh, man, all right." I guess you don't have any dignity.
2: If Chanel number five is laughing at you, you fucked up.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So Pete died. Rest in Pete, Pete. Was anyone shocked yes. that he died within the first ten minutes? I was. I know, because you had him listed as someone that was going to survive until the finale.
0: Yeah, because of I was him. overjoyed,
2: Yeah, me too. Wilson's got it right. I was like, fuck yes!
0: About time we got rid of this dude. Fucking asshole.
2: And he even did the stupid, like, McConaughey, like, accent thing, and I was like, god oh. damn it, really? And the fact that, like, Grace is like, you don't have to be a douche. Like, I'm like, this is, like, a... An- Another time that, like, I agree with Grace. Like, I felt like that whole, like, quote with Chanel, like, if I'm agreeing with her, does that does that make my opinion wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: <laughs>
1: that's too funny. So, throughout the episode, listeners, uh, we will be giving props and little braggadacious uh, type of things to those that were right in our predictions. And I get to go first, because I was 50%, in a sense, right about... The killer, because I said Pete was one of the killers, and Pete Mm -hmm. was one of the killers, so I get a little pat on the back. Indeed. So, yay for me. So, thank you, I appreciate it. (laughs) So let's continue on. We have uh, this sequence with Chanel Oberlin. Remember, she was writing the missive at the end of uh, the previous episode. And so we got to actually hear the entire missive in a really neat sequence. I enjoyed how they were like typing the missive everywhere. I thought that was a really neat effect. I don't think I've ever really seen that before, uh, unless they're using that as an homage to something else.
2: I, I I haven't seen it before either. Yeah, I thought... It... I thought that was really cool. They focused on, like, you should get sterilized, and it's the cute little puppy.
1: Yeah, that was... I thought it was a really neat effect, uh, just the typing all over the place, on all the walls and the floor and everything was fantastic. And basically, it's, it's Chanel bitching at the other girls for not being there to kill the Dean. But as we now know because of pete one of those girls is the red devil so the red devil forwarded it to everyone on campus which i thought it was interesting that they had to dress up in the red devil costume just to forward it i was like really you can't just click forward (laughs) no
2: and the red devil had on nails which i was just kind of like fuck really Yes.
1: okay it's the details that count and so (laughs) As Chanel went to Starbucks to get her pumpkin spice latte, which... Do they still sell that in December? Yes. Really? You would think that it would be like gingerbread or something.
2: They sell that shit all the time.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. So as she's getting her uh, piping hot pumpkin spice latte, she sees that it's all over the TV. Everyone's, you know reacting negatively towards it students return to campus just to protest her even though there's a killer on campus you know they're asking her for statements and everything and basically she ends up saying that you all can suck it so she enters the kappa house and uh she contemplates suicide she orders an ASP because she wants to die the same way cleopatra died and it turns out that it wasn't an ass it was just a garter snake and she has this really nice conversation with Zayday she's like you know we're sisters you know i'm here for you you know let's let's do the damn thing you know we're at the bottom right now with everything that's going on you know let's take things back and uh, take things to the top and as they're saying this and they're excited to team up a red devil comes in with a candlestick. I guess, uh, they played clue a lot. And then the, the red devil grabs brushes and starts attacking. Zayday kicks him. you know, the, the red devil picks up the ass and starts freaking out. And then, you know, he gets knocked down to the ground and then they tie him up and then they pull the mask off. And it's someone that we've never seen. So they gather all the girls downstairs and, uh, they, uh, like we caught the Red Devil Hester comes on in saying that she was Attacked by some, a girl in a shawl That kept on saying dork 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 and there was this really great conversation Between Chanel and uh, And Hester where she's like You know everyone on campus is a dork you're a dork You know it, it's just It was good <laughs> As all this is going on, they turn the guy around, you know, they say he smells like pizza, he basically gives his story that he was delivering pizzas, he entered the house, he got knocked over the head, some female with a distorted voice strapped dynamite on him and told him if he didn't kill everyone in the house that he was going to get blown up. And the countdown is going down. Five, four, three, two, one. The girls run and hide, and kaboom, pizza guy all over the first floor of Kappa House. Let's poor bastard. I know. Let's pause right here for a second. Let's discuss Chanel's missive and the pizza guy.
2: I well, like, you mentioned like it was really creative and I don't know, graphics-wise, that must have been, like, super hard to do, because, like, it looked beautiful. I don't know, like, and her missive itself, I don't know if, like, if it's just me, but I didn't know what a div was. I still don't know. Can you explain? Huh?
1: Can you explain? I still don't know what it is.
2: A div is an idiot, or someone who's really stupid, and it's it's UK slang. That's why I was just kind of like, what the fuck?
1: Well, they made it into American slang now.
2: Yes. Well, no, fetch was fetch was a made up word, and it never caught on. Remember that movie? But in but div is like I don't know; it's an actual term in the in the UK.
1: We need to start using it all the time.
2: <laughs> I was like, "What the hell? Am I that far out of the loop?" Okay.
1: Yeah, I know. I was like, "Oh, these young kids and their lingo." <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, Chanel's masterful, and the fact that she was like, "You can suck it," was. I love yeah, yeah. I was I love
1: expecting it. it. I was like, her statement is going to be, suck it. And then she went on this whole thing in the beginning where she was like, okay, I have something. And, you know, I want all of you to listen. And this is one. And then she finally said it. And I was like, yes. Because I was like, she's so going to say it.
3: <laughs> I just love the leather where she's like, I don't know. What was important for you guys to just ditch me where I had to explain why I had changed at a pool to dean much and she's just rashing. <laughs> like in specifics though how she's ratchet, like and i'm in there with chains and i gotta explain to her why i have chains and i gotta be like oh well because i like to swim with chains
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Durr>. <laughs> she actually talked out t- t- that word oh my god i felt like i don't know what show said this but th- they were just kind of like R- rule number 1 if you're going to insult someone or if you if you're going to like implicate yourself always do it verbally never do it like like typed out because that's like evidence and I'm like right. shit this exactly. is going to like this is going to get like blow up in her face and it did
1: it did but legally standing though like nothing bad happened which I thought was even more hilarious She got the negative response because of, like, the missive, you know, and the insulting nature of what it was, not necessarily because of the facts. (laughs) Right.
2: Uh, The the news articles are hilarious. Like, her commenting on gold colonics, is Obama a div? Like, (laughs) they were fucking funny. Like, you totally know if it was, like, some rich, like, socialite brat. Like, I don't know, like, Kim Kardashian or something who, like, would do something or say something really mean. That's exactly how the media would run it. Yeah, Ah, Chanel, she's the best I, I was I'm, I've been saying it since yeah. the beginning. Chanel is hilarious.
1: And she's not a total div.
2: <laughs> that skirt though that like they, they, they wore like really cartoony stuff, but like her dress as she's walking by, I'm just kind of like, did they hot glue gun? like all those little things on her skirt? It looks really weird. she's she, I don't know like. They, they they just costume them all really weird. And d- doesn't she say, like, later on in the episode, like, Chanel's live, like, apart from the world, like, or something like that? Like, they have their own ru- set of rules. It's exactly what I felt the entire time with her.
1: Yeah, I agree. What about the pizza guy and the red herring with the pizza guy? When the mask was pulled off, was there anybody else like, who the fuck? Yeah, the, who the fuck is this Yeah. Guy? And then, that was a dead. Yeah,
0: and then they went through the whole story about him getting, you know, him getting strapped down, and yeah, I was just waiting for him to get blown up. I was like, is he actually going to get blown up, or is it going to be more like a? They figure out how to disarm him, or is something going to happen? Is the? Yeah, gonna it
3: like, like, is it going to be a fake bomb? Like, is he really going to blow up? And then when I heard that, Ha-ha, I was like, oh, it's fake. And then I was like, boom, yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny. I thought it was hilarious when Chanel number three was like, There's pizza here.
2: Yes.
1: Yeah, that was good. She's, she's she was so really excited. Her.
2: She's like, That's the first thing I think of. Is there food? Really? Wait, like, no, we found- didn't
3: just catch the right. Oh, but there's pizza here. Like, where is it? <laughs> like, why isn't it here?
2: As soon as I heard the little laugh, though, like, do you remember, like, back in the first episode when Ariana Grande got the little, like, the, the little laugh too? Yeah. On her phone or something like that? Like, As soon as I heard the laugh, I'm like, this bomb is real. Shit's about to go down. And I was like, fuck yes. That's beautiful. It wasn't as good as the Ariana Grande death. It's still funny. I felt like that
3: whole Pete situation, she should have been there too. Because I felt like that was before Grace was there.
2: Oh, they didn't even talk about Ariana Grande's death. But you just assume it's Boone.
1: They did mention the death once, but a little bit later on.
3: I just assumed she would have been up there laughing with the other two Chanel's. Because she would have still been alive at that point.
1: She was probably getting a colonic or something. Remember, uh, Chanel had said something like, you'd always disappear to get uh, this or the other done.
3: Yeah, but then that's when she was really fucking Chad.
1: My bad. Forgot. Yeah, that could have been what was going on too. So we pick things up with the police arriving and everything because of the bomb. Chanel number 5 is uh, having a mental breakdown. She's crying. She's like, you know, w- you know, this reminds me of this, that, or the other, and Roger and Dodger. And sh- she's, uh, as uh, Chanel Oberlin would say, you're making things you all about you.
2: Around me. I'm having a panic attack. I was like, shut the fuck
0: up. In my opinion, she's the only one. Who reacted like with any semblance of like she actually was aware of what the fuck was going on? Like y'all, about it, it, it's getting real. Like it's got, it got it, like shit is real. Like she, she actually broke. Like it makes sense to me. Like she's the only one that actually like I'm a cry. I'm crying, man. I'm, I'm fucked up right now. Everybody else is like, okay, right. let's do it. on to the
1: next thing. Like, well, we like, have to remember that you. Chanel number three isn't yeah. emotional.
2: If you remember, though, like, if, if you look back, Chanel number five always says, like, the logical thing, like, the thing that, that, that people would react with. It's just that she says it in such a, like, high, whiny voice. Nobody gives a shit.
1: Exactly. She hyper, like, extremely, like, uh, I don't even know what the right word is. She's, like, hyper emotional. She, like, takes it to the extreme. Yeah. Plus, oh. we didn't even know who the guy was, so why should we even care? Like, she's over dramatic. Stop it. <laughs> It was, something it was good pizza.
2: turned into a piñata?
1: Yeah, he really did. I love how only he exploded and nothing else around him.
2: They they tied the the I don't even know. Like, can I just mention Word. like, okay, I'm going to be like really like circumventional just in case like people like we're we're going to get to that. But now that we know who the red devil is, the fact that that person like overpowered someone bigger than they are is I don't know, like kind of crazy. I don't know how that person did it. We'll leave it. Yeah,
0: there were a lot of uh, uh in my opinion, and in these, in these last two episodes especially, there were a lot of inexplicable things that have Like and that just doesn't really line up quite right. But I guess in this fairy tale world that they wrote, you can pretty much do whatever the hell you want day by day. So,
1: and if you think mm-hmm. about it, yeah. that that comment right there counts for a lot of horror movies out there as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. It, well, it's riffing 80s and 90s horror movies, and those didn't make sense at all.
1: That is true, yeah. So, after Chanel's conversation with Zayday, where Zayday basically is like, you need to watch your words. Chanel comes in, and uh, although she does have words for Chanel Number 5, she does say, you know what, I need to watch my words. This is a new Chanel, Chanel 2.0, I'm going to have a new tone, and you know what we need to do? I need to do, like, all the celebrities out there, I need to go on an apology tour, they don't really really mean their apologies but they go out there and they say i'm sorry a billion times and everyone starts to fall in love with them all over again so what i need to do is i need to go to melanie Dorcas's house and i need to apologize to her she still thinks that i'm the one that uh sprayed her with the acid that's not true but i'm still going to go apologize because uh, it's going to make for great tv and we'll record it and everyone's going to love me all over again elsewhere we see that grace is not dead she's with her father and uh, they sort of discuss what they need to do she's like i can't believe that they kept me alive you know we need to figure this out let's team up together and unfortunately dad you're gonna have to do something that you do not want to do
2: take one for the team take
1: one for the team and make the most epic playlist that you've ever made in your life Uh, Dun, dun, dun. So now
2: I want the uh-huh. scream queens playlist on like SoundCloud or Spotify or something just to hear like what the. F-
1: they really play. do. I I agree. So we open up to the dean's home. She's arriving home. There are these candles all over the place. There are rose petals on the ground. She's got her pepper spray ready or something, and she opens the door. And there is Wes in little they're not really tidy whities but uh, they're black tidy whities for lack of a better word. Tidy blackies? Tidy blackies, but that sounds wrong for some that, I know. Yes.
2: Really tight briefs. Yes.
1: At least I think briefs. Itty bitty teeny weeny. And he's all trying to seduce her and uh She's he's like you know oh you know since day one we're supposed to be together and this that or the other and she's not really buying it she's like twisting his nipple and everything and then finally the playlist kicks in and she gets all excited and they start bumping and grinding and it's it's something as all this is going on Grace and Day enter and basically hack her computer and start to get some information. On the other side of town, Chanel and Chanel number three and number five arrive at the Dorcas residence and they're getting ready to uh, meet up with Melanie Dorcas for the apology that's going to get filmed. Chanel number six was supposed to meet them there, but she has not arrived yet. We see that Chanel number six, aka Hester, is in Chanel's gigantic closet she's stealing all these jewels and whatnot and then uh, she's playing around with fabric and she picks up shoes and she's all happy and excited she's having her pretty woman moment at the dean's house We have Grace and Zayday, and they basically say to each other, you know, how do you know I'm not the killer? You know, I'm glad that you're here supporting me. I just know you're not the killer. I just know you're not the killer, too. So they start looking at transcripts from all the girls, and they notice some unusual things in one transcript. You know, someone had taken a course on domestic terrorism, so maybe that's how they learned how to make the bomb. Then someone else had... um, taken uh, you know gross anatomy but the, but they fainted when they were dissecting a pig so how, if they fainted dissecting a pig how can they chainsaw someone's arms off but then they also took a sewing class and remember the red devil's lair had all of uh, this sewing equipment to create the costumes and then human anatomy and that's maybe where they got their skill on how to chop off Gigi's head So they go into their personal data and that's when they see the social security numbers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They live on six, 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 six Sesame street. They went to sweet Valley high. The whole file is made up. So they have figured out
3: best scene ever though.
1: Yes. They figure out that it's her. She's the baby in the bathtub. It's her, the final red devil killer. So as they're figuring this out, Chanel, number five, gets a text. Someone swiped left on her Tinder profile. It's the first time. Oh, sorry. Right. Someone swiped right. I'm not on Tinder. Left
2: means that they don't like it. Okay. And everybody... Everybody's like swipes left with her. Okay.
1: She finally gets a swipe right on Tinder. Someone likes her. Someone really, really likes her. And so she needs to go. And Chanel's like, you know what? This is a miracle. I'm about to apologize to Melanie Dorcas. You got to swipe right on your Tinder account. You know, there is a God out there. Everything's going to be okay. You can leave. So as she leaves, she gives this weird little facial smirk. And uh, she leaves the Dorcas residence. Let- I felt so
2: sad because I was just kind of like th- that. That was my um, my guess, and that little smirk. I was like, yes, yes, I'm gonna be right. Yeah.
1: So let- let's pause and let's continue talking about that. At that moment in the episode, was that at all a reason for anyone else to think that Chanel number no. five? Could be the Red Devil, as well as uh, what did everyone think of uh, Wes having to seduce Dean Munch?
3: Oh my god, that was
1: like that was so awkward because I'm like Wes isn't even attractive. I'm like that scene would have been completely different if Joe Manganello had stayed on as Wes. Yes, absolutely. I think. It yeah. what, <gasps> I think it
2: Holy was, shit. I would have
3: felt differently. I would have felt differently. I would have been like, oh my god, I feel so bad for him. This one, I'm like, dude, that looks like someone you'd end up with anyways. Like, you're not even, you're dumb and you're not attractive. Like,
2: he's got poo belly. That's
3: a, that's a win for you. You have a poo belly. Oh my God. <laughs> that was a win for you.
2: Oh she my knows God. what she's
3: doing. She, she had six with Chad Radwell, Like, Radwell. Like, Chad Radwell. Like, you're lucky. You're having Chad
1: Radwell's sloppy seconds
2: true. Well, no, everyone is Chad Radwell, floppy second. That
1: is true, except for one person. Not raised. Not, uh, grace. It's,
2: it's not, not grace. Grace.
1: Oh well, that is true. Yeah.
2: Holy it's... crap! The oh, that scene was so fucking awkward. I was it just was, like, oh, got this got even even is the most awkward. horrifying thing that they've played in Scream Queens. Oh my god! I don't want to see it this. Got,
3: yeah, it got even awkwarder. Like when they're them. What into, about like, the the nipple the twist? Oh my god! Yeah, that was definitely awkward. I was like, really? Did you just tell her? Did you just let her twist your nickel? Like, what? Y'all are too kinky for me. I can't be watching this.
2: See, <laughs> Grace is fucking weird. Who the hell asks their dad yet? Yeah, take one for the team. Go sleep with that person. What the fuck? Same okay. one
3: that's telling her dad if she did it or not with Pete.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, who, that, who that, that was that a really weird conversation. I was like, both of you, TMI, this is not what fathers and daughters talk about.
0: Right. when dad, her her dad birthed serial killers so yeah west makes Oh, serial i forgot killers, to mention so they call it oh toy.
2: i i forgot to mention the ass had a really cute tea cozy thing
1: <laughs> yeah the who little does... sweater
2: was she like in bargain basement like bargain basement amazon or something to get like it that it was like ass?
1: i forget what she called it it was like you know um i forget it had a name you know snake emporium or something with same day delivery <laughs> who knows
2: all i know is like I thought Chanel was smart, but wouldn't you look inside the box and see? I, and she still thought it was an asp. So, like, that, that totally discredited <laughs> my, like, Chanel knows more than every other Chanel, uh, all of the other Chanel's. No, she's just as stupid. She just plays it off better.
3: No, it looked like an asp. When you talk about the pattern, I'm like, I can't, I'm like, really? Did, did you just buy a snake with a sweater?
1: She did. So Priscilla was on the same wavelength that I was. Once I saw Chanel number five leave and do that little grimace type of thing, I was like, okay. The second person that I said, you know, because I said Pete slash Chanel number five, I was like, Chanel number five is the killer. And I did a little happy dance inside my soul because I was so excited. What about the rest of you two, Wilson and Prince? At that moment in the episode, was that something that convinced you guys that maybe Chanel Number 5 could be the killer?
3: Yeah, I figured she dipped off to do some killer type shit.
0: I don't know. I thought maybe she might be, you know, she might actually be getting some plays. She was like, you know, maybe she was thinking about where to get condoms or something.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
0: The
3: drugstore. You had a lot lot of hope in here.
1: That's too funny. I honestly
2: thought that, that she was the killer. Nuts. And none of mine panned out. Aww. I don't know. But to be fair, she was acting really suspicious. And again, everyone acts suspicious in Scream Queens.
1: Ain't that the truth? That is very true. So, we pick up with the Dean in bed with Wes, and she's figured everything out because the Dean is a smart lady. So she's like, you know, what were you going to say? You know, that the girls, you know, that they're, they're, uh, you know, hacking into my computer and getting, you know, criminal record, not criminal records, but school records and stuff like that. And then he's like, no, you know, I really like you. And I don't know why I didn't see it. And, you know, you were being all, uh, um, too like forceful in the beginning. And, you know, I just, you know, you've, you're it's you you know like i don't know why i didn't see it like you just make me feel so good this was the best sex ever and and you're fantastic and uh, i think this could really happen and like he's talking though like because he really doesn't have that many experiences you know what i'm saying with like i guess women because he's like talking like 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 a senior in high school or something from like 1995. He's still like he's like worse than Gigi. Sort of like stuck in the past. And uh, it seems like the dean is like really liking it though. She's into it, but she's like, you know what? You're gonna have to like not be buddy buddy with your daughter because I find her annoying. And she's gonna be like talking shit in your ear, saying I, she's not she's not like good for you or or you're too good for her and things like that and we need our space we need to find a way to like get grace to like give you space and he didn't seem all that happy about it he had this weird look on his face
2: like oh i can't be creepy anymore
1: apparently
2: i seriously thought that meant that like she was like to put grace away in the asylum kind of like how gg wanted him to do it. Like, the way she phrased it was really weird.
1: Yeah, that was odd. And his reaction was understandable, but odd as well. It, it made him extra weird and suspicious at that moment for no reason. Uh, you know, they're just making people suspicious because why not, I guess. And we flash to the Dorcas residence. We finally have the Chanel's meeting with Melanie Dorcas with her veil and everything and her Freddy Krueger looking skin. And they start sort of talking about everything. You know, she explains that she was in Alaska, but then uh, her parents sent her away. And so she's at this home residence where like three generations of the Dorcas's have gone batshit cuckoo. And so they talk about plastic surgery and all this kind of, she's like, I've had nine surgeries. You did this to me. And so Chanel number three starts filming and, uh, we see Chanel Oberlin. She's like, "There's something I want to say to you." You know, I've, I've been thinking hard about this. She whips out some scissors and she's like, "You are the killer, the veil, and everything. You've got to be the killer." And she's she's like trying to stab her, but she keeps on moving until Zayday and Grace bust through, and they're like, "She is not the killer, and we have the proof." And then Chanel, this was fantastic. She goes from, like, what? And then she she has this look on her face, like, oh, shit. She's like, oh, you know, sorry. You know, stop recording. So they head back to the Kappa house. They hear a scream, and they all go upstairs, and they find, well, before they go upstairs, they all, like, grab stuff. So, like, one of them has, like, a, a big-ass knife. The other one has um, a vase. Grace has, like, a spatula or something, right? Huh. Spatula. Like or like really a pan, c- pan uh, pancake She's flipper a or something. No, Dude, a
2: there are like a ton of knives. Why the hell did y'all get like stupid shit? Only one of you got a knife. <laughs> the fuck? Well,
3: cause Grace is going to save the day with her spatula. She's just going to flip the red devil
1: over. She's going to flip the script. Yeah, Maybe not. So they head upstairs and they find Janelle number five looking suspicious. She's, she has her phone and, and Tinder and everything. And she says that... what well, Chanel ends up saying something like, did you bring, you know, your Tinder date here? This, that, or the other. And he ran away from you from your vagina dentata and all that kind of stuff. And she's like, no, it was the guy from Nickelback. But then, uh, you know... He, it was not, it was a fake, it wasn't the guy from Nickelback, and they're like, well, who would bang the guy from Nickelback? So they head on over to Chanel, Chanel's like, closet. all
2: random, the other Chanel goes like, I lost my virginity to a Nickelback song. Yes.
1: yes that was the <laughs> well, best. Well, why not? That was the
3: best. I was like, dude, really?
1: <laughs> yeah, so they head to Chanel's closet, and on the ground, they find Hester with a stiletto Jam stabbed into her eye socket. They're like, is she Ah. is she is she dead? And Chanel's all like, you know, uh, the shoes. You know, they're good shoes. Can we save the shoes? And they're like, no, this can't be true. Hester's the killer. Pete's dead. Boone's dead. It's Hester. And Hester wakes up. Her eyes open. She leans her head over. She looks in fear. She points to Chanel number five. She says, "Red, devil," and she's all freaking out. And this is where we end the first hour of the finale with Chanel number no. five being accused of being the red devil. Pause right here uh-huh let's talk a little bit about the Melanie Dorcas scene and Chanel trying to attack Melanie Dorcas as well as the revelation that it could be Hester and then it changed back to Chanel Number no. 5 when Hester accused her of the attack what were your guys thoughts at that moment in the episode when the first hour ended okay,
2: for the Melanie Dorcas scene I saw her and I was just kind of like she really does look like Freddy and as soon as I like thought that in my head they were just kind of like yeah you look like what's, what's your killer in a horror movie do you look like And I was like, I feel terrible for thinking that now. (laughs) But notice that, like...
1: (laughs) I've had nine surgeries.
2: that, That she kept up with Chanel. Usually, like, when Chanel's bitching someone out, like, they all, like, I don't know, cower before her. But Melanie wasn't, like, taking her shit. She was yelling back, too. That was... I don't know. It's the first time I've seen someone, like, actually pull up, like, a power struggle with her that's like kind of her age and still do it right because Grace was supposedly like supposed to be something like that but she sucks we should we have replaced oh, the Grace. actresses
3: you mean little Alex
2: <laughs>
3: oh little Alex yes.
2: and like when, when they revealed like no it's, it's Hester I could hear from like miles away Prince laughing and just being like I was right <laughs>
3: And you can hear me, for solo, because that's exactly what I was doing. And then I think that was the only tweet I might have composed for the whole finale. Was oh my, I was right, it was Hester.
1: <laughs> but then Hester accuses Shannon number five. What were your thoughts but, when that happened? Like, because she had a stiletto in the eye, and like the first things that she said when she opened her eyes and looked at Shannon number five was that she's the red devil.
3: So I was like, Word, I I was right. It was Hester. And then I was like, Damn. Well, I'm kind of right because my new guest was Chanel number five. But I was like, Damn, I still really wanted it to be Hester. Just because I I was like, It just seemed more practical to me. Like, I felt like if they announced it was number five, like, I'm going to have to learn this long, detailed, strange way on how she's adopted and Boone didn't get adopted and what, like, what.
2: That was per like as soon as they said that as Zayday said it's Hester I I was like okay yeah it's Hester even though Chanel number no. five had like that weird what are you guys doing here when there's like when when a scream sounded but that. That story sounded so pathetic that it was perfectly her. Nobody can have such like a loser thing where they take like the dude from Nickelback and are completely thirsty for him. It's from Nickelback. Like, she's fine. She's innocent.
1: Shout out to Nickelback. Ew, no. Right? Maybe That's, not. Why would you do that?
2: He's like 60. <laughs> that was, that oh, was wow. one of the take best back. like throwaway lines. Take it back. Take it back.
1: Wilson, uh, your thoughts on uh, Hester waking up and saying that Chanel number no. five is the red devil
0: yeah I still wasn't buying it, you know, so I don't know I just thought it because like she was there dancing in the closet by herself you know why why would you know why was Chanel number no. I mean it's kind of coincidental that Chanel would go number no. five would go out of the way to get back there, and the convoluted story with the nickel back and all the other crap, and then still managed to stab her in the eyes. Like it just seemed, I don't know. Like at that point, I didn't know really what to think. I was like, somebody's gonna get outed real quick, you know. So that was one of those scenes. I was like, yeah, I don't. I didn't even know if that was really necessary, to be honest with you. So I don't know. Well,
2: I I will say I hate that, that. Like I can handle pretty much anything in horror movies, except for stuff dealing with the eye. <laughs> So I see, yeah I saw this little thing I was like no oh my god and my boyfriend just kind of looks at me and he's like that's like the only death that you recoiled at like that's that's perfect they they, they, re- they, they really managed to like horrify you with one thing <laughs> and they
1: ha- it looked very real it was it was very gross like I think anything with the eye as well was kind of gross
3: I, I agree with that like I, I kind of squirmed and like closed my eyes for that scene. And I don't. And this is me talking. I don't close my eyes for anything. You're
1: the king of exactly. horror. Exactly.
3: Like anything with the eye that bugs me out because I like to see things, and I would hate for something to be slammed into my eye.
1: Yeah, that was a bit much. So when I saw that, like I was confused at the end of the episode because we kept on going like back and forth, and I'm like, after they have all this proof of Hester. Right when that scene cut, we obviously moved to the next episode. But like for that split second, I was like, "Well, could it be Chanel number five? Like, could she have faked maybe Hester's Hester's records or like switched them or something like that? And like maybe that's where." that revelation can become true but then i was like you know this is the end of the penultimate episode because they aired two episodes back to back so i was like they, they can't reveal the killer at the end of like the uh 12th episode like they're going to save the reveal for the 13th episode so i was like maybe that's not true and so let's get into The final episode, the final hour of the series. And we flash forward. We don't pick up exactly where we left off. We flash forward to January 2016. And we're inside of the Kappa house. And it's a new rush week. New pledges. We got President Zayday Williams. We got Vice President Grace. Whatever her last name is. We've got even... The dean there, she's all happy, excited, you know, oh, you know, all these wonderful pledges, you know, wanting to be part of Kappa, this is all fantastic and all that kind of thing. And as we start panning over, we see our homegirl, Hester, without her neck treasurer, and with a... Yeah, she's the treasure and she's got a sparkly eye patch and everything. And then she starts a monologue where basically she says that she is the final Red Devil killer. She is the twin. We'll pause for a second right here because Prince needs some bragging rights. Although he did not choose Hester as his final true. pick. true during our last episode no one actually picked hester as um the killer during the last episode but prince has been the biggest champion for the longest that it's hester that it's hester that it's hester i think we're the ones that convinced him that it's not hester
3: and i think you know what else it was that really it was the whole that the person had to be older And that's what kind of threw me off was that I had to be older. But I kept saying it was Hester because, one, she was the only other brunette to be Boone's twin. And then I was like, you know, she's a history major. So she liked death. She liked creepy shit. You guys definitely, you in like that one part definitely like talked me out of my Hester because I said Hester from like day one. Woo, 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 woo.
2: And you're right I, like cuz last time you, you mentioned <laughs> that one of the spoilers was that it was going to be obvious from the fir- from like the get-go yeah. that it was and you called it like since the first episode like she, she she's fucked up.
3: Yeah. I'm like, and so when they said it, I was like, "Wow, like I'm going to have to trust my gut next time next season. We're going to have to see what my fresh prediction is next season, guys."
1: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to that as well. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Her her eye patch thing was funny as hell. Oh she my god, she it too. Was...
1: She did.
3: <laughs> Why not? And now I'm starting to realize she's been using Zayday's bedazzler.
1: Yes, we'll we'll discuss that in a moment. Yeah. Notice so... like
2: when 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 they say like we're gonna have like uh, everybody's gonna be accepted the first time around. Like in, in the campus, everybody like goes away. But now they said since everybody's invited, like there was a whole bunch of like attractive girls that probably would have been in like the old kappa i guess they did reform like the entire greek system the way well, th- um uh pete and grace wanted
3: and yeah kind of like possibly the yeah might have brought new people to the school
1: exactly that as well as the presidents and everything their um their whole uh persona their whole vibe was completely different so I'm sure that might have attracted some other people that uh, you know might not have been interested before but now that it's all inclusive it sort of saw a, a bigger draw
3: well not even now who doesn't want to be part of this fraternity where the killer tried to kill a bunch of girls and they all survived like and you're with three of the survivors you get bragging right I mean, you totally just
2: pulled the same thing that like th- that oh I forgot what her name is uh, the Sam that, that Sam said if you survive like you've got the best bragging rights
3: right yeah like you get the best bragging rights in the game like and then all these new pledges get the bragging rights like oh I'm in the sorority with the you know survivors of the Red Devil
2: and remember when Hester was gonna sleep with Chad she said like and then I'll be the new head bitch yeah right Except she got treasure instead of vice president, but she was right.
1: That's true. So uh, Hester in her monologue says that this was a plan 20 years in the making. So we flash back to December 1995. We have Gigi. She's crying over her sister's suicide with laxatives. (laughs) And (laughs) apparently she she cried. She cried for like two and a half years or something like that. So two years some ch- some change because we see them in June 1998, and then five years later we see Gigi teaching uh, the twins about how to kill people, how to enact some revenge, and uh, Hester is like the star pupil. Boone is kind of like their like der, What? kind of dumbass, basically. Like...
2: God, I heard that. I was just like, oh, my God. And the only thing that made it better was, uh, was I forgot, was was Gigi saying, I know. I know. When you recognize that your own adopted kids are dumb as hell. She's so rude.
3: Oh, my God. No, I just loved it, though.
1: Yeah. We saw them grow up, and we learned that she had great time there. She made great friends until, you know, they get a lobotomy, and then, you know that sucks you know what i'm saying <laughs> so she realized that behind every persona you know you need to be someone that can, that sort of fits in and uh people won't really question anything about you so boone decided straightforward that he was going to be gay and that, you know, that was his thing <laughs> exactly and so in the asylum is where she figured out who she was going to be, you know, even though she's got, you know, a great body and butt and boobs and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, and of course, and her BJ lips, as she said, which was fantastic. She needed to be someone that once people saw her, you know, she'd be invisible and people aren't going to ask her any information about her. So she stole some girl's neck brace and that's where Hester was born, you know, at least the Hester that we've seen on campus. So they, and then, every of course, she awesome. needed to, yes, and so they needed to find the cool costume. And one day at the coffee shop, a Red Devil mascot comes in. No one seems excited for the Red Devils, but that's when uh, the idea for the Red Devil occurred. We saw Gigi viciously kill the, the shit out of him. Right? Like, like the only this...
2: time I've seen something that vicious was like when the fucking guy died in saving Private Ryan by like the Nazi stabbed the shit out of him.
3: She had like built up anger, like she was just repeated.
1: Like she overkilled him. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was intense. You crack a few eggs. So <laughs> Ain't that the truth? So we see that Boone and Hester are the ones that filled uh, the the facial steamer thing or no no, it's uh, the tanning thing, right?
2: Yes. Uh, Yeah, it's a spray tan.
1: It was the tanner. Spray tan. The spray tan machine with uh, the acid. Boone didn't really understand the whole concept, so of course Boone is the muscle and Hester was the brains. We see Hester enrolling into the campus and the dean... Was like, okay, all this shit is fake, but you know what? We have a quota system, and we need certain people to fill certain spots. And we don't have people with severe spinal deformity, so you know what? I'm going to take a chance on you, Hester. Accepted. So that's how she got into the university. She attended the... um, rush week and that's where she met Zayday and Grace and they were really nice to her they were like oh you know cool neck brace you know she's like you aren't freaked out by me and she's like no you know we're part of the new Kappa Kappa Tau Zayday's gonna be president one day we're accepting of everyone we love everyone we want to give everyone an opportunity and so this is where Hester tells them you know you guys are really nice and I always say that nice is a good quality because it could save your life one day
2: if they had said that quote I would have thought it was i would have thought it was Hester. So like that just rounded out that she was crazy as hell. Nobody says shit like that without having like some dark past or secret.
3: Well no, she already told us she was crazy as how when she started the beginning of the dialogue and she told us how she got the eye patch and she said, You know, first you gotta, you know, do your research, then you gotta figure out then you gotta you know, brave yourself up. She's like, and then you know, it doesn't hurt when you're that shit crazy. No, but and if it,
2: she if she had said that from episode one, like I would have been like, it's her. Cause that that line that line oh, was absolutely. masterfully said. Like Leah Michelle did the damn thing.
1: She really did. She pulls
2: off crazy. Yes.
1: Yeah, she did a really great job. Maybe and so we learn a little bit more from Hester th- with. the the monologue where she says that she's happy you know that that this is the best part of everything but the really really best part is that there are no chanels so we flash back to december 2015 we got hester on a gurney you know the eye socket blood everywhere the shoe is still in the eye can we save the shoe (laughs) and we flash back to see that hester learned exactly what to do she had to calculate the proper length of the heel she has to you know the angle of insertion the amount of force she doesn't want to damage her eye socket she's got to do it the right way and uh, she's like it also helps to be like batshit crazy to do this so we see her do it which I'm sure all of you are probably like
2: what I was just like it's one of the weird
3: things
1: no no I'm saying what because of how they actually showed it on network television, at, at, not on FX. I still
2: have to see it because as soon as, like, she, as as she's like, I calculated it, and she raises up the stiletto. I'm like, no, I'm not seeing it. Can't see it. I'm gonna turn around. Fuck this shit. I can't. I can't
1: even. Yeah, my eyes were shot. Yeah, that was <laughs> awful. <laughs> yeah, it really was. And so as she leaves one last time, as if you know she needed to say it again, she was like, red devil as she points to chanel number five so they start interrogating chanel number five she's like no nickelback didn't swipe right you know she's like i'm one of the good guys you know you know people may think i'm weird and all that stuff but you know me chanel i'm not a killer you know me and then she's like really i think you are a serial killer because we all know you you bite your own toenails i'm just like whoa that's yeah that's not the best and so they all start you know basically saying you know it it has to be you she's like i've heard you talking in your sleep you know saying all this crazy stuff about your grandma and, and all this kind of thing and so it has to be you chanel number five so they're all basically saying that it that it is her it's her she's the killer that it has to be so they're all convinced that she's the killer and then all of a sudden in comes our home girl chief of police Denise Hemphill. She's like, I just got a call. We saw a decomposing male body. uh, You know, possible gay face. (laughs) Rippling abs. And it is a match for one Boone Clements. Cha-ching. Mic drop hot shazam or whatever she said it was fantastic so uh the girls fill her and she's like okay we already know that boone is dead pete admitted to killing him and she's like oh excuse me you know for you know taking the time to reiterate the facts and uh they're like okay chanel number five is the red devil hester said it and uh but then they're like, no, Hester's the killer. You know, we have the proof, this, that, or the other. And Hester comes in. She's like, they're, th- they're going to say, I'm going to make a full recovery. Uh, my, you know, fortunately Chanel number no. 5 didn't damage the eye socket. But Grace is adamant. You know, this is a cover-up. You know, you're making this thing up because of the transcripts and all this kind of stuff. And so Hester's like, well, I was homeschooled. I didn't want anybody to know. Everyone gasped. <laughs> Even Denise was like, whoa, you were homeschooled. And so... but." The, the, but Grace is adamant you look like Boone you know your DNA and uh, you know it has to be you and she's like Pete who admitted to be one of the killers like it is Chanel number five and so they start like grilling her like what about you and your parents don't exist and all this kind of stuff and she's like well I think the answer's at the door and in comes uh, two individuals claiming to be Hester's Parents. So, she, and their dog, Cuddlebear, Clark, and Step-mother, Delight. Mother, Cuddlebear. Cuddlebear. Um, yes. like, well, no, no, no. She says that they are definitely her parents and she, that Hester's not adopted. No, there's
3: stepfather, then there's mother, and there's Cuddlebear.
1: Oh, stepfather, and mother, and Cuddlebear, yes. yes.
2: She doesn't even name them like mom, dad. She's, she's really formal about it, too. I'm just like, holy shit, this is like. I don't know, maybe crazy lying, like, bad lying.
1: CIA, maybe because they're CIA. Yeah. Things, it- they're in the CIA, they're undercover, and that's why he's pretending to be an actor, she pretends to be an actress, and, uh, you know, super secret CIA covers and all this kind of stuff, and, you know... But then channel number five is like, well, I need to speak to my parents because they're going to tell you that I'm not a killer, nor am I a bathtub baby, and this, that, or the other. But Hester's like, well, don't worry, I already called your parents. And so in comes... Chanel number five's parents and Chanel number five is like mom dad she hugs them and they look all disgusted and she she's like please tell them I'm not adopted please tell them I'm not a serial killer and she's like they're like we're not her real parents you know someone named Gigi gave her to us after being in a mental institution we took her in you know out of the kindness and for a tax deduction and uh, when Gigi asked us you know know, when the time came, she has to be enrolled in Wallace University and encouraged to pledge in Kappa Kappa Tau, and, like, we try to love her, but you know what? She's not that great.
3: (laughs) And now the truth is she's a
1: murderer, and we don't want to have anything to do with her. Yeah, she's,
3: uh, like, wow,
0: you guys are fucked
1: up. Yeah, so we see that two weeks earlier, Hester visited the parents, and they were like, you know, we've wanted to disown her forever. I mean, she's... Not the killer on campus. Maybe she is. Maybe she's not. But you know what? She probably is, right? She sucks. She just sucks. Oh my god, they suck <laughs> as parents. Like, I loved Hester's face when she was. They were all saying it because she was like, "Yeah, you know what? She does suck."
2: I loved. I um, see that they Chanel's were like, "Sound." Whenever things don't go her way, no. Oh <laughs> my god, I was, was dying. And the faces <laughs> her parents make when they're like, oh "Yeah, god. she sucks. It's terrible." <laughs>
3: And the fact that they said we were already trying to get rid of her, like, what the fuck? You guys are dicks.
1: Ever since she was born, <laughs> she was annoying or something like, like that. You guys suck.
3: Like you guys really truly suck. It's too funny. It's so she's begging
1: them. Yeah. So she's begging them to tell them the truth. And she's like, you know, oh the psychologist they said, you know, you're filled with trauma and memory gaps and you know, all this kind of stuff. She's toxic. She's but you know, you're bumming us out. <laughs> I mean, and then Denise is like, you know what? I've heard enough. I still believe that Zayday is the killer, but this is real suspicious. (laughs) And (laughs) Zayday just looks at her like,
2: "Not this again, bitch."
1: Like, right, bitch? Are you saying? And then she's like Chanel number five, you're under arrest. And she's like, well, don't you need a warrant or something? And she's like, well, I'm the chief of police. I can arrest whoever I want. And little girl, you're arrest. You know, you have the right to remain silent. You have the right to some other stuff that I can never remember after the right you remain silent. Oh, that's... <laughs>
2: Denise Hemphill. I'm so glad she stayed on like the whole time because we were because <laughs> I, I was too. worried she was gonna be the last like the last one killed. And yeah. like figure it out it's at the be, end.
3: Like, a funny death,
2: but no, I'm I'm glad she didn't die. That that whole scene <laughs> was, per- was fucking perfect.
3: Oh, absolutely! Because then she's like, "No, wait, <laughs> there's
1: more." I loved it because she knows freeze yep. is the best. Has- Exactly. Hester accuses Shannon number three of conspiring with Shannon number five and Boone, and that deaf Taylor Swift is her first victim. And she's like, No, I was having banana daiquiris at, at the bar and this kind of thing. But then they're like, Oh, but you had disappeared. Yeah. And so she explains, You know, she was at the bar, but then her stomach was bothering her. She had like explosive diarrhea, you know, mad cramps, you know, maybe someone spiked her drink or something like that. She went to. She, oh, wait, she didn't have number t- to do number She'll two. Number she had to do number three, which we all know that's atrocious. So she heads to the bathroom. There are horrible bathrooms there, so she rushed back to Kappa Kappa Tau, and she went to the bathroom, and she did her business. So then, she's, so then Hester's like, you're accusing someone of putting laxatives, and <laughs> Denise was like, messing with someone's regularity? That's just criminal. So we see that Hester did drop a couple of it's eye drops yeah, that put you put in, in someone's drink.
2: Chemically, it does do that.
1: Yeah. It, it mixes up your system. And so, Hester's like that. That night, she had seen someone, like, climbing the stairs, and this, and the other. So, it had to be you. And so, Chanel number 3 is like, you know, this is the evidence. But Denise is like, you know what? But that's damn suspicious.
2: <laughs> Wait, was that... And what, what did most... you call her? Like, the leader of a biker gang, like, Dirty Mary or something? Sorry.
1: Like... <laughs> Yes, no, that's coming up. That's coming up. So um, she's like, the most suspicious thing of them all is that you are Charles Manson's daughter and that you have been writing about the murders or so, or that your father's been helping you, you know, come up with the murders via Pen Pal or something like that. And so they've been writing each other, and she's like, You know, the advice that he's always been giving me is to kill my sorority sisters. And so she reads one of the letters out loud. And Charles Manson's like, you know, I don't know anything about yeast infections, (laughs) but I think you should strap a bomb to a pizza guy. And he's like, I wish I could do it, but I can't order pizza in the pen. But maybe you can. And so Denise, once again, I love this because she could have been a drinking game because she was like, that's very suspicious. (laughs) And so then, this is where Hester announces, you know, well, your psychiatrist, who I spoke with, and I have a certified letter right here, says that you have split personality disorder, you are Chanel number 3 sometimes, but then, uh, you know, about 8 months ago, you know, you appeared in his office with a you know, a leather jacket on, and you called yourself Dirty... Dirty Hannah?
2: I don't remember what it was, but, like, I remember it was Dirty something, and I... Dirty (laughs)
1: something. Dirty Helen. Dirty Helen, yes. Dirty Helen, and she's the leader of the West Coast Biker Gang. And so apparently this dirty Helen exists and, and, and that kind of thing. Cause she has a split personality. She doesn't remember. she's like, maybe it's my split personality. And then she's like, you know, Chanel number five brought you into the thing when you were dirty Helen, this, that, the other. And she's like, maybe that did happen, but Chanel's number five, that conversation never happened. And so Chanel, uh, Number three, like, looks up into the heavens and is like, you know, Predatory Les, Sam, I'm so sorry for killing you. Because Hester's accusing her of killing Predatory Les. So Denise arrests her, but Hester's like, I'm not done. There's someone else. You also need to arrest Chanel Oberlin.
2: I love how Chanel was completely fine with the other Chanel's being killers.
1: She rationalized it. She was like, you know what? Shannon number five, I can see you being a killer. And Shannon number three, you're kind of crazy, so I can see you being a killer too.
2: She totally, like, stabs them in the back all the time. Yeah,
3: right? That's why they're numbered behind her. <laughs> they're like her little dummies. like. Walls to protect itself.
1: Yeah, the best thing was, though, that uh, Chanel Number Five's parents were like, "You know what? If you're gonna keep on accusing people, can we sit down?" I always right. wondered
2: why they didn't that they didn't do that in scary movies, but then I was just kind of like, you know what? Maybe it's because I'm lazy, but. No, it's rational. People want to sit down when they're mod logging when there's a ton of, like, long shit. And yeah, I love how they don't even game. give a shit about it. They're like, no, but we're going to lose our reservations. <laughs> they really could give us but a lesson. But it's shit hella shit entertaining. Their daughter.
1: No, because they wanted to get rid of her. Exactly. So Hester's like, I have proof that two months ago you went into a home improvement store and you bought basically all the killing tools, including the crossbow, and uh, through with her dining club card. And uh, Chanel is like, I'm the one that was shot with the crossbow. And plus, those stores don't sell crossbows. But she's like, bam, I have the video footage of you buying everything. And we see that it is Hester dressed up to look like Chanel Oberlin buying it on a diner's club card that she had gotten in her name. She also bought the lawnmower, the riding lawnmower as well. So, it's interesting. Zayda ends up bringing the fact that Chanel is the one that is behind Ms. Bean getting her face fried off. And she's like, no, it it was a prank during Hell Week. You know, someone turned the deep fryer on and we finally get an answer to that mystery. It was Hester. And so, but they're like, but we did almost see you almost murder Melanie Dorcas. And she's like, because I thought she was the killer. And she's like, I'm not the Red Devil. It wasn't me. This is accusing Hester of, of being behind all this. Like, what is your game? You know, everyone else makes sense. It doesn't make sense that I would be the killer.
2: Yeah. When, when I heard that she used her diner's club card, I'm like, that shit exists still? I haven't heard of that since, like, I don't know, really old scary movies. Your AAA and your diner's club. Yes. AAA still exists, but shit, like, I don't know. I've never heard of a diner's club besides, like, them referring to it as
1: that. Yeah, that is true. And so uh, while, you know, while they're saying all this, you know, Chanel's like, you know, it can't be me. You know, why would I do this? And so Hester, like, is like, well, your plan was... You know, you might not have been someone from the beginning, but you certainly took advantage of everything that was going on because the people that you killed were all the pledges that you didn't like. You killed all of them because they didn't fit the Kappa capital life. And then she's like, well, if I were to kill people, why didn't I kill Grace and um, Day? You know, it doesn't make sense. I hate them the most. And she's like, well, that would be too obvious if you killed the ones that you hate the most.
2: Well, and that's funny because Zayde was taken hostage. So, like, the, we all know, like, the viewers know that, like, Hester's full of bullshit. But that was, like, the biggest hole in her, like, theory b- behind, like, Chanel.
1: Yeah, but no one mentioned it. But Denise said that Cyclops has uh, some good sleuthing skills, which I thought was fantastic. <laughs> you know, all she needs is ice-cold logic. So that's when Hester's like, it's obvious, you know, it's you. It has to be you. And that's when Denise arrests Chanel Oberlin as well. Good grief.
2: No, no, no. Stripper police.
1: Well, no, yeah, well, arrest. well, yeah, well, that's when she says that they're under arrest, and then Chanel like is like, you know, if you're gonna arrest me, you're gonna have to take me alive. So she rushes the other rush. <laughs> Denise calls the popo. The popo arrive, and it's all these buff men in short shorts, because it turns out that she filled uh, the police force with former strippers.
2: You saw Chanel number three's face. She was like, Yeah, oh my god, was like
3: all right, let checking them out and the other two were just like no and I'm just like why would you guys run upstairs
1: <laughs> that is true there are all
3: these secret <laughs> passages you know what I'm saying yeah they're not the way Chanel was grabbing the fucking banister and not trying to let it go like what was the point you should just ran out the door and bobbed and weaved
2: wow you, you sure know your way around running away from the Popo prince
3: Oh yeah, you know, you know. I'm a city boy. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> Allegedly.
2: <laughs> oh my god.
3: <laughs> Allegedly. Cause I don't uh, know. That,
2: that was beautiful. Have. That 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 song. Oh my oh, perfect. It, but it's it's weird, like super modern. I was just kinda like, are they playing like M and M song? I forgot that they like sat sa- that, that they that they sampled it so very much. I'm just like, I, I it was my div moment. Okay. At that point.
1: <laughs> so we flash forward again. Ryan Murphy loves a good flash forward, but this time we flash forward to the end of uh, the semester. It is May... 2016, we have this fantastic monologue from the dean basically saying that she's happy, you know, campus was restored, when the Chanel's were denied bail and sent to jail awaiting trial, you know, it was like the best thing that could have ever happened to her and the university. Justice had been served. Chad and Denise, they continued their torrid love affair, and it ceased to be just a booty call. But when they broke up, he was devastated because she, no longer was she going to be just chief of police. She got into Quantico. She's going to be an FBI agent. And they, you know, they couldn't stick to the rivers and the lakes that they used to. They were quoting waterfalls and everything. And uh, you know they had to break up. And I've got to say... This was, like, I think, my favorite epi- favorite scene of the episode and, I think, my favorite scene of the series. Why the hell did these two not have scenes together throughout the entire yes! series? Because they were fantastic. And, you know, they got too close close to the sun, baby. And then he's like, just go. Go! And then they make out and he, like, grabs her ass and everything. And she lifted up her legs. I mean, it was the most...
2: You don't want to get a look at
1: the... That was the line you... of the night. You don't want to look back at it one more time and then she does the pose she strikes a pose
2: definition of power couple at least for a couple of seconds
1: that was the best scene ever and then we see
2: they really should have had them as like regular i agree i I won't pork anyone the same way i porked you oh my god that's so sweet
1: yes (laughs) they're the best they are the otp of the series
2: And now we're going to see Denise Hemphill on Quantico
1: or something. That'd be epic. We see that um, Chad creates this uh, charity organization, uh, you know, non-profit, and all the money was going to be sent to charity. It's in the name of all of his fallen brothers. And so when he gets asked, so what charity are you going to donate all the money to? And he's like, "Um, charity, you know, all the proceeds will go to... Charity, and he's like, "Which one?" And then the reporter's like, "Which one?" And she, he's like, "All of them." And then he does what every conservative does. I don't like your gotcha questions.
2: I have nothing left. No, I, I just all my, all my homies just died.
1: I got time for these trick questions. Fantastic. We see, it's mm-hmm. oh,
2: so true how like celebrities always go like, "It's going to go to charity," but they never mention which one. There's like it, it goes to charity. For all for all we know, it's going to go to like some stripper named Charity. Well,
1: there you go. Duh. Hottest
3: bitch in Atlanta. She picked some <laughs> money up with her butt cheeks. You didn't know? Nope. I always give now to Charity.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Chad.
1: Oh, Chad Radwell. <laughs>
2: But that that means that Hester never got him. Like, she never got to keep him.
1: Yeah. I think she was fine once her plan was done, though. I don't think Chad was really an aspect of her plan, you know? It was more so to fuck with Chanel. And she... Yeah, because she has her sisters, and she knows who her dad is. Exactly, and she has a a half-sister as well. So, we see that the Dean has become this established author. She's got a best-selling book, New, New Feminism, which was actually ghostwritten by someone else, but she's taken all the credit, of course. She's a... Yeah, she's taken over magazines and, you know, people have received the book very well. And uh, basically, the mantra of the book is that women should be in charge and that uh, dudes should not be in charge in anything. I
2: can summarize it in three words. Women are better. Yes. I was just kind of like, seriously. Oh, my God.
3: I saw that coming
2: Especially after, like, they started the Feminism Club. I wonder if they ever fucking finished those essays. And that's how she got the shit books
1: Oh, that's funny. That would be funny. So, as the dean's monologuing, we see that there's this memorial in the middle of the campus that was written by Chad Radwell, because he's always wanted to have sex with the deaf girl. And the the girls are uh, e-board for Kappa Kappa Tower, cleaning the monument and everything. And uh, the Grace and Zayde have to leave uh, because they're getting things ready for their little, I don't know, a mixer or something later on that night. So they leave Hester to finish cleaning. Uh, Zaydee's like, you know, make sure you clean my boy Earl Grey. And this is where the Dean and Hester have an interesting conversation the dean is like oh you know it's tragic what happened this that or the other and Hester's like oh but you know it made things better so you know some good came out of it and that's when the dean is like I know it's you Hester I remember that baby's face I'll never forget that baby's face and you look exactly like what that baby would look like all grown up you know they died Hester they died and you know
2: newborn babies all look like I don't know like canned tomatoes so I, oh don't, my gosh. I have no idea how the fuck she recognized her.
0: I agree with you on that. Newborn babies are hideous. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, you you
3: also have to remember it is Dean Munch. That chick survives everything. She might have photographic memory.
1: And she knew that Wes was playing her, so she knows shit. She's very perceptive. So Hester goes on to say, well, you know, you know, you know how great Wes is. You know, he would have been my dad. Like, maybe if he was my dad, you know things would have uh, been great for me and I would have been a sane young woman, but that didn't happen. you know. And I can't be blamed for my upbringing, but those kids died. They're dead. And that is your fault. And so she claims that she didn't kill anybody, that Pete did it, and that she killed Pete because he's the Red Devil. In my opinion, I think she's just saying that to say it because she has to have killed at least someone else. She had to have killed Gigi. No, she, no killed,
2: uh, she, she killed. She Gigi.
1: gave hints. She, Pete never confessed to killing she, Gigi. Yes,
2: he, he did. did. He was. He he was like. Uh... Yeah, he
1: said he switched spots. because
3: um he said Boone asked to get rid of Gigi. Yeah, but he killed Boone. It's because he said that he went for the stronger one, their muscle, because he thought it would end right
1: there. Okay, I can somewhat but, buy that, although he didn't straight up confess to killing Gigi, and. Uh he didn't confess to killing predatory Les, right?
3: She pretty much said how she did it, but she blamed. Yeah.
1: So she technically did kill someone else besides Pete. She had to have killed because predatory Les recognized her. She's like, I knew it was you. It was always you. That would only make sense if it was Hester. And so, okay. But she's saying, you know, to at least to the Dean, you know, I didn't do it. But the Dean's like, Oh, and she killed, she killed what you call it um Dev Taylor's Swift. No, cause she was in the ground.
2: Yeah. Oh. It it was it was her brother. Boone did it.
1: Yeah. So
2: thinking mm-hmm. back to it like so according to that like Boone was already dead and Pete killed Gigi. So do you think Pete put her in the oven?
1: That's why I think it has to be her that killed Gigi.
2: She found the knife. Slice oh, yeah, because she. Slash, no, no.
3: Like she killed butter. Gigi because she had. Or, at that time, she had been dead and she had disappeared from the meat locker. So she spent the morning with Gigi, killed Gigi, brought the head back, put it in the oven, probably went to Chad's house. Yeah. And expe-
1: expected them to find it, maybe. Or she maybe brought she the head when back she back. arrived back into the house. Yeah. Because yeah. they kept on checking it, remember, and it was still frozen or something like that. Yeah. So, okay, so. She's basically saying that the reason she killed P is because he's a killer and so it's justice. But she's like, no, that's for the court to decide. And this, that, the other. Don't you have a conscience? You know, what you did was wrong and you need to be, you need to be brought to justice. So I'm going to turn you in, Hester. And that's when Hester flips the script. And she's like, well, I'm going to turn you in because you covered up the murder of my mother and you killed your ex-husband. So, or we could say, you know that we're good, we move on, you have, you know, we both have happy lives, you have successful, best-selling life, and you have all this love, and this, that, and the other, and they do an epic stare-down, and then the dean is all happy, so, okay, you know, take care, you know, you too, okay. see ya, you know. Yo, that was hilarious. Love ya, like- smooches. Okay.
2: That was perfect.
1: Yeah, that was epic. A woman of her own heart. Ain't that the truth? Very true. So we see that Grace, being the genius that she is, she set up in Chanel Oberlin's uh, closet a crisis center of, of sorts so that no more girls will be giving birth in bathtubs because I guess that's a thing and happens very often. And of course, they haven't received any calls yet. But, you know, I guess the effort uh, had good intentions, although it's maybe not be practical of sorts in a sense but west basically says you know i'm proud of you you know uh, the dean and i are going away she likes to call me she likes for me to call her the dean in bed and they have this weird awkward talk about his sex life but basically he's like you know what i trust you and you're going to be fine and i'm going to be going away and i think he it alludes
2: that you said about like four people surviving That's how they write them off. Yeah,
1: and I think uh, there's the, at least he alludes, sort of, that he might not be working at the campus again. So we flash to the uh, courthouse. They're about to read the verdict. The jury has found the girls not guilty, per their paper, but Chanel objects. And she's like, you know, I want a jury of my peers, and these people are slobs. You know, they're not hot. You know, skinny bitches like me and my girls. So we need a jury of our peers, and blah blah blah. And then that's when the juror interjects. She's like, "We find them guilty of all charges." And so uh, the judge uh, says that they're not going to jail. They're going to spend the rest of their time in the asylum. My favorite is that Chanel keeps keeps on calling him either Judge Joe Brown or Judge Mathis. Yeah. I was waiting for her to say Judge Maybelline at one point. <laughs>
2: Uh, that, that that whole, like, the juror just kind of, like, Xing her out and putting, like, guilty on both of them. I'm like, you go. You
1: do yeah, that. That was
3: epic. Like, she is so racist. Yeah.
1: So they're sent to the asylum, and at uh, the beginning, they're like, "Oh, this is gonna suck, but then they soon realize that uh, life is pretty good in the asylum. We have Chanel, number three, exploring her lesbianism and making out with uh, a lesbian guard. We have uh, Chanel, number five, being pumped up with all these different pills at uh, her personality changed and Chanel loves her so much that she's sharing her deepest darkest secrets and her deepest darkest secret is that she loves it there and that she doesn- never wants to leave and they hug and everything and finally you know they can be in an area where uh, no one can judge them you know so they don't have anyone to impress so they can actually eat real solid real food and after a vote Chanel Oberlin has been voted President of the Asylum, I guess, and so they drink prune wine that was created in to Chanel number toilet. Five's toilet. so later on, one night we see Chanel happy, we see uh Chanel number three in bed with her guard girlfriend. We have Chanel laying in her bed, which is at the head of the ward or something like that she's even has a pink uh lamp and everything then we hear a squeak and the uh, the like the ching of uh metal or something like that chanel uh, wakes up she's like oh it's nothing and then over her head we see the red devil with a knife and chanel screams and we fade to black so, let's get everyone's final take on the episode, as well as where all of our characters ended up, and that final scene with the Red Devil and Chanel. Was that real? Was it a dream? Opinions, opinions. Oh, no.
2: I think it's real, because you Both remember how rare, like the, yeah. the, the the episode, the whole series started with Chanel like taking off her eye mask and being like, morning sluts. The whole thing ending with her taking off the eye mask and the killer coming out, like just it's perfect. It's the perfect ending.
3: Yeah, it's definitely real.
2: I liked how open-ended it was. I also yeah. liked that they got to eat finally. Except Chanel does that really weird shit where she puts like her chicken nugget in the chocolate pudding and I was like, oh, that's gross. Oh, I was hoping that
1: was barbecue sauce.
2: No, that was that that was chocolate pudding. And I was just kind of like I know that you're new to this eating thing, but we don't do that. The, the whole like how each Chanel ends up happy in the insane asylum was like done right, with Chanel like which one, with Sadie.
1: I oh think, yeah, like, Sadie getting, Swenson.
2: Like, yeah, Sadie Swenson getting her like her relationship and like Libby finally like getting medicated and stop be, stop stopping from being like really annoying, and Chanel. Like, finally getting to eat, I guess. Being able to spill her secrets. It was a happy ending for them. And right. I didn't expect that. I expected yeah, that's it. the part I thought
0: was weird. Like, how do you have a happy ending at the end of it? Alright, I guess. I'll take it. It, it just kind of didn't really add up. Like, it, it, it finished off. Like, yeah, I, I guess you can say the series is completed, but it kind of just finished off in a weird way. Like, you could have gone other directions if you had just continued on with some of the storylines that you started with, like, Started with storylines that didn't finish them, so I, I guess it finished up nice and tidy. But
1: yeah, if,
0: I don't know.
2: If that's the right ending, then maybe she's gonna pull like a Mandy and we dodge and weave out of the out of being stabbed, and maybe that would be why the, the Chanels get to go back into the real world because the Red Devil Killer has like struck again. But if the series got canceled, that's just like the perfect way to end it with everything open ended with you wondering what if so both ways I I, I find fun. I'm hoping that there's more to the season, like that they make a season two, but if not, like, I'm satisfied with how it ended
1: yeah i am as well i thought the series as a whole was fantastic like i could see myself viewing this series again and again and there aren't that many tv shows that i will sit through the entire season again and again to watch like multiple viewings not just like maybe once or twice again i could see myself like watching this again and again throughout the years because it's entertaining there were a lot of great twists i mean just some of the commentary and and you know, just the one liners and the characters were just so over the top that it was hilarious to watch. So
2: Yeah, I watch the Mean Girls and Heathers all the time and this is almost exactly in that vein, except with like scary movie crap, and it's 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 a really good show. Yeah, it
1: really is. As far as the ending for me, I like that some of the characters had happy endings and even that the Chanel's had happy endings because they're not the killers, so it would have sucked if they were paying the price, like the ultimate price, for something that they didn't do, even though they were kind of horrible people <laughs> throughout the series.
2: Wilson's like they should have, just so we could see more kills.
1: Yes. But I was happy with it. The ending was left very vague to me, and I have quotes and stuff uh, for the spoiler section, but I could see it being interpreted as two ways. Like, it could have actually have happened, or it could have been a dream. Like, I just think it's it is a weird way to end it, because uh, if there isn't a season two, then we're kind of left like, huh? And if there is a season two and they do a complete one eighty and change everything, and it's not a continuation at all with anything Red Devil ish, then it still kind of is like, huh? But as a ending. To a series, you know, like let's say there isn't anything else, then it's. I think it's perfect. I don't mind open-ended endings. It's just if they're trying to continue it, it's kind of interesting to end it in that way, I guess.
0: Another maybe another hat hat nod to uh, you know other more horror movies. You know they always like to be continued pretty much. Like like is it is it over? Is the you know maybe I don't know. Maybe they were just trying to. It was his last little thing, the last little, you know, salute to the horror genre. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Let me go over our thoughts of who's going to survive until the finale. So a lot of us got a lot of things right. So all of mine were right. I said Grace, Zayde, Chanel, Hester, and Denise Hemphill. Wilson got all of his right. Denise, the Dean, Zayday, Grace, and Chad. Priscilla, you had all of yours right. Grace, Zayde, Chad, Chanel, and Denise. And Prince had one wrong, because he did say Pete, because he, he felt like the love was going to stay alive, our little love duo. But um, So Pete was wrong, but you got the rest right. Chanel, number three, Grace, Zayde, and Denise.
2: Well, it was hard to get any, like, ticks off because nobody really died yeah. from the main well, characters pete, you really could have said all pete
1: of pete died i got one wrong i got pete yeah, Pete was the main character that died
2: but we were all hoping that we were gonna get shit wrong and that pete and grace would have died
3: yeah that is true and i'm glad to say pete died thank god
1: yeah <laughs> oh pete so any final thoughts before we get into the spoiler section any final thoughts on the series as a whole
2: I forgot to mention this, but apparently Scream Queens had like a design contest before the, sh- the the stuff started, and the design winner came out in this last like episode as something that Chanel Number no. Five wears.
1: Oh, that's awesome! Maybe it was the yeah. outfit from the Missive when she's walking in the crowd.
2: It's a T-shirt of like like lips with like blood coming out there. Well, maybe not. It's when she's, like, all, like, weird inside of the bathroom saying, like, saying, no, like, someone's upstairs. And when she explains the whole Nickelback thing, she's wearing it. And I thought that was really cute. I didn't know that that was a contest.
1: Uh Okay. Interesting. We'll all enter it next season. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Maybe not. (laughs) I'll Yeah. All right. So let's get into some. Let's dive into some spoilers uh, for hopefully upcoming episodes of uh, scream queens we certainly have some interesting information on a potential season two as well as some post-mortems with the cast so this is an official spoiler Alert! Check out our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com/pcr. Are you afraid? Let's start off with ratings information. Scream Queens' double episode finale averaged 2.5 million total viewers with a .9 in the demo, 18-49 demo, versus the previous week. The previous week uh, had 2.4 million total viewers and a 0.9 in the demo. So it was flat with the demo or steady and uh, it ticked up uh, 0.1 in the millions. Now That's
2: because everything had season finales like this time. Shield, Flash. It was going to be really hard to compete with it so I'm kind of glad it got a 0.9.
1: I am as well. Yeah, that it stayed the same. Entertainment Weekly has this really great article about the ratings and how that could affect or not affect season two so here's a little bit of information from the article scream queens wrapped its season pretty much flat in the overnight ratings tuesday tuesday night's two-hour closer had uh well they're counting 2.6 million viewers and a 0.9 in uh, the demo i don't know if that's final numbers but uh, they're also saying that You know, it was a high-profile show going into the fall, but uh, insiders were shocked by delivering modest numbers. Fox has not yet renewed Scream Queens for second season, and ordinarily those overnights for the finale would doom the show, yet Scream Queens season two prospects are promising. When including DVR playback, the campy horror dramas total viewers hit 5.1 million, and its demo ratings jumps to 2.2, plus the show gains an additional audience of 2.1 million outside the Nielsen measured seven-day window, which means that including Hulu and Fox Now app. Other considerations for Scream Queen's renewal are that Fox and Murphy, who does American Horror Story on Fox's sister network FX, have a strong relationship, plus the plan is to creatively reboot season two, which would give the drama a second chance to launch with the new story and cast. There have been rumors of a summer camp, they say. It was pitched early on, but at least Entertainment Weekly is hearing that that concept might shift into something different. And of course, Fox's freshman lineup the rest of it isn't doing so hot either. So that helps Scream Queens as well. So we might not have seen The Last of Scream Queens, but officially the series has not been renewed.
2: I'm scared. I want it to be renewed.
1: Fingers crossed. I'm hoping it. Yeah, I hope so as well. For those that don't know, there were multiple finales. Filmed more than one ending was filmed, so it'll be interesting to see if and when the series arrives on DVD and Blu-ray, if they will uh, release the other endings a la clue or something
2: hmm that would be a nice like DVD option like Hester is the killer, Grace is the killer, option number five is the killer, like having those options. I'd buy the DVD just for that.
1: Yeah, because they'd or have to do a lot of editing, especially for the final episode, because that's when Hester has her monologue. So I wonder if they change the person that has monologues and that kind of thing.
3: Or maybe it's um, more people die. That more would be interesting as epic. well. Like a murder and then. Like a freak show. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like a mass murder. That would be interesting as
2: well. I don't, like, when do, do shows, like, usually say, like, renewal is going to happen, like, right afterwards or in the middle? Like, has there ever been a precedent for the show finishing and not being told whether it's going to be renewed or not? Yes, it happens all the time. The the only thing I can think of recently is Wayward Pines, which if that, like, crappy show got renewed, like, come on, Scream Queens is awesome, please renew it.
1: I I liked Wayward Pines, but I guess I'm in the minority. On this show <laughs> but yeah they typically don't announce renewals especially if it's a, if it's a series that's airing in the typical um, time frame which is uh, shows premiering in uh, September October and uh, you know seasons for at least shows that have 20 plus episodes usually ending in May they don't announce that until upfronts which happens in May for the most part that's when shows are officially picked up. There are shows that get early renewals. Like, um, I can quote Blind Spot over on NBC. That show Good got boy. a full season pick up um very early on after i think maybe four episodes and then about a month later it got an additional season pickup so there are shows that do get early renewals i don't remember when empire was renewed for a second season but i that came early as well like
3: after the first episode i think like immediately like after like the nine point something million they were like
1: yeah yeah it might have been like maybe like the second or third episode but it was very early on as well but empire is a mid-season show anyway so they, they kind of have to announce that soon anyway usually for shows that air like in the summer or that have very short seasons they have to announce things before cast um contracts uh expire because there's a certain time window when they still have the cast and if they don't get renewed and the casting contracts expire they're gonna have to do new contracts and that becomes a pain in the ass because people could ask for more money and you know, availability and, and you know the cast you know, ends up signing up other places. So a lot of times uh, for well, some shows that have smaller uh, season lengths or might air in the summer, they have to announce things by a certain time. So I don't know where that stands with Scream Queens, but I'm going to assume that they're going to have to announce soon.
2: Well, Billy Lord was already told that like, is, like we already know, she's coming out in the Star Wars like series, so she may or may not have
1: time. Well, she filmed the Star Wars before Scream Queens. Star Wars was her first acting gig.
2: Really? Wow, mm-hmm. that's cool. Kind of
1: helps to be the daughter of Princess Leia.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and they they but they, they they made the buns reference again. They like, did, which was the fantastic. Buns reference, so. I don't know, like, but I know for sure that Ryan Murphy, like, recycles people all the time to, like, use in, like, his other shows. I really hope he recycles the guy who played Chad Radwell, Glenn Powell. Like, that guy deserves to be on so much shit. He's a great actor. Yeah, he was
3: awesome. Him him and Billy Lord, I'd like to see in maybe possibly American Horror Story.
1: Yeah, playing radically different characters would Mm -hmm. be a lot of fun.
3: Yeah. That'd be incredible.
1: Going into a little bit more on Scream Queen's chances for renewal... Entertainment Weekly has an article called Death Watch, where they're going over the survival odds of new series. And this is what they had to say about Scream Queens. The most stunning disappointment of the fall, 2.1 average, given the show's high-profile cast producers and pre premiere polling data. Still, the scuttlebutt around the network is Fox will keep Ryan Murphy's campy horror comedy for a relaunch next season with a new premise and a few surviving cast members. The rumor is it will become Scream Queens. Summer camp over on TVLine.com. TVLine actually upgraded its renewal odds. Uh, in the beginning, uh, they had too early to tell, and now they're saying that it's a safe bet. So they're saying that it will more than likely be renewed as well. Let's get into some post-mortem interviews with Leah Michelle. A bunch of major websites interviewed her, and I have some interesting tidbits from the interview. We're going to start off on TVline.com. They ask Leah Michelle, "When did you find out you were the killer?" She says, I found out when I got the final script, I had no idea leading up to it. I just read the final script. And when she says it was me all along, I just went, oh, my God, I was really excited and more so happy to know that she got away with it.
2: Did you see her tweet like right after the, the episode? No, what like, to say? Seconds afterward, she's like, yes, I can finally say it. I am the Red Devil Killer. And she put like little emojis for like a lipstick kiss and a knife.
1: Oh, that's so I was too like funny. That's
2: super cute. The actors' the social media are always like really amazing. If if anyone ever gets the chance, like look up their like Instagram and tweets, like they're they're funny.
1: They also ask her, "How often did you play Hester as though she was the killer, even though you couldn't know for sure?" She answered with, "More so, not. We always ha- just play it straight." And then occasionally they would say, "Okay, now say that line like you're the killer, or do the scene a little bit more evil." They really only told me to do that twice. I really just played it more like I was obsessed with Chanel. I was obsessed with Kappa and just happy to be there. So they also asked, you know, about the finale scene where she has all that dialogue. They asked how long did that particular scene take to film? So she says that was hard. That scene was so big we had to take two days to shoot it I had a fever of 102 I was so sick and it was so late at night I was just like everybody bear with me and I really pride myself on being good with my lines but this was a lot because it was all facts you can't really ad-lib or go outside the box at all but I think I did a pretty good job and Brad said just pretend you're a lawyer. You're a lawyer stating your case. It took a while to memorize everything and it was certainly not the easiest day of filming but I was so happy when, I was, when that was done. That wasn't the last day of filming but that felt like the last day of filming. I went home and drank half a bottle of wine with my mother. I was so happy. They also discuss that big scene with Jamie Lee Curtis. You know, did you, they asked did you guys rehearse that before filming? She says no, and that was another tough one because we were literally at the center of Tulane University campus. We had probably 100 kids surrounding us while we were filming this very important scene and I was just like, I don't want them to hear what I'm saying. What if they hear me say that I'm the killer? And then on top of that, it's Jamie fucking Lee Curtis. That was one of uh, those moments in life where I tried to take a mental picture and remember it forever because it was such an incredible honor. And it was really, it really was uh, such a smart scene in that it's nose to nose, super intense. And then out of nowhere. Okay. See ya. Bye.
2: I, I love how she's like, I I hope people don't hear me, but there's a giant monument that, that lists all the people that died.
1: Yeah, that is true.
2: I don't know. Maybe that was like CGI or something, but like,
1: Maybe they added in the stuff afterwards? I don't yeah. She's yeah. <laughs>
2: like, what? Okay.
1: Yeah. So they also asked, when you first signed on to Scream Queens, you were all about making a departure from Glee's Rachel Berry. Did you get that? Did you get from this experience what you wanted to? She says, I think so. Once you tell someone to attack your crack, William McKinley High kind of went that way. And she gestures out the window and they ask and yet there are some similarities between Rachel and Hester and that they're so driven toward their goals even if one of their goals is killing people she goes on to say I tried very hard with everything from the way I did my hair and my makeup and what I wore literally if it was a pair of shoes that were similar to something Rachel wore I would not wear them I worked with the same wardrobe and same hair and makeup people as Glee so we were able to really make sure that it was very very different there is that sense of determination but at the end of the day hester is literally on another planet and i'll say i will give them props on that i don't think i saw rachel at all when i saw hester now over on entertainmentweekly.com they ask her a couple different questions that i want to bring up so they talk about the end in particular the episode ends with a shocker with someone in the red devil costume standing over chanel who had been sent to an asylum along with chanel number three and chanel number five following the trio's arrest and trial With a knife. Do you think that was Hester? She goes on to say, I think it could have been, but it also could have been a dream. So their follow-up is, that's interesting. My first thought was that Hester found her peace and got her revenge. She goes on to say, I agree. And so they then follow that up with, so I wondered if maybe someone else... Was continuing on as the Red Devil, and her answer is, "I know that next year Ryan wants to have a completely different killer, so I think that might have been a dream. Maybe it's Hester letting them out of the institution. Who knows? I don't know, but I wouldn't put put anything past Ryan Murphy.
2: I hope that means that she gets killed off. I don't know. I I didn't. I, I don't like Leah Michelle's character. Like maybe it's because like I still see her as." Um... Her Glee character, and I hated her Glee character. So, it, it, if she dies and there's another killer next season, I would not mind in the slightest. Well, there so you go. As long as I get my Chanel back. Because I fucking loved Emma. Like, she's she killed it.
1: Over on the Hollywood they ask her some interesting questions as well. So they ask, So were you, so you were genuinely surprised by the reveal? She was on to say, Yes, I had a feeling that I was in some way involved, but not that it was all me. I really thought it was Oliver, aka the actor that plays Wes. And so. They ask, was that your theory the whole time? She was like, either him or Skylar. Skylar Samuels plays Grace. They also ask about the future as well. What else do you think the future holds for Hester in a potential second season? She goes on to say, it will be interesting because I know that Ryan has mentioned that there will be a new killer next year. And it'll be really funny if everyone thinks it's Hester. And she's like, "Um, no, actually, it's not me this time. And then I think she could be in a position... Of, co- of someone coming after her which would be really fun to play this year it was interesting to have to always play things with it being in the back of your mind that you may be the killer but to go into s- another season and potentially be a victim could be fun so she's excited by that prospect much like you are priscilla and then the final interview over on ign.com they ask her do you think that's something that will roll over if there is a season two or do you think it'll be fresh they're referring to uh, the red devil and the final scene Michelle says i know that there's going to be a new killer but something has to start happening to get them to move to a new location which i hear we're going to so i don't think we're going to see the red devil anymore so they ask but same characters she says same characters i think so but you never know with ryan but we did a fan event with ryan a couple weeks ago in new york and he mentioned that it would be a new location but i think same characters and then they add this question which maybe priscilla asked or at least a statement that maybe priscilla would make as well ign says cool i just need more chad radwell and leah michelle says we all need more chad radwell
2: Yay. Perfect. That's a good, that's a good way to end it. That means that he might, he might make it. If the show makes it, he might make it.
1: Speaking of tweets, Oliver Hudson posted this tweet after the episode aired and uh, they wrote about this on variety.com. I don't apologize for my gross body. It was a rough summer in Nola as I ate and drank my face off. So you are seeing shameless body art.
2: I totally didn't know he was Goldie Hawn's son until, like, I heard, like, his last name was, like, Oliver Hudson, and I looked it up. I was like, who is this guy? <laughs> I finally looked him up, like, the last episode. He totally doesn't he, look he, like his sister, Kate Hudson.
1: Right, Kate totally. is a spitting image of Goldie. Like, when I, I see guess. Kate, I see Goldie Hawn.
2: Whereas Oliver Hudson, mm
3: No, and he definitely needed to apologize for that body. You know?
1: Cut the shit. <laughs> they also he he's also quoted as saying i love uh, making a fool of myself i love physical comedy at the end of the day jamie said it was actually said it actually works that you're sort of soft and you've got that dad bod going on she's not okay. wrong it adds to the humor that i'm out of shape and frumpy
2: but jamie lee curtis didn't get like didn't undress at all like ever she wore that
1: little baby suit when she got frozen yeah, that is true. Maybe yeah. she's over it. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. She's
1: kind of like been there, done that.
2: Have some Activia.
1: Do 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 do. It's
3: like been there, done that. Got some grown ass kids to prove it.
1: Exactly. So, but uh, that scene, I think the whole character of Wes would have been very different with Joe Manganiello like well, being Wes. Ah. Uh, that would have been interesting, like to see him have like pursuing the dean and then like she's shutting him down. I mean, that would have been funny. I think
2: that would, that would have explained why both of the, both of the women like were after him. Like he was the last yes. cookie on the plate. Like, I don't know. He would have been a completely different character.
1: He would have.
2: And I would have like, had my I- eyes the entire time.
3: <laughs> I would be able to believe that Leah Michelle, Nick Jonas, and, um, Tyler Samuel were his kid, more I so than. You would. I would, more so than I believe this dude. Yeah,
2: okay. but, but the, the 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 mothers were really pretty, so sometimes, eh, sometimes you can have a really ugly like one half. Oh, true, but I kind of feel half.
3: like, um, smart wise, like IQ wise.
2: Oh yeah,
1: I feel like they wouldn't have made him as corny. Okay. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah. So now it's time to grade the season. We do this at the end of every season of a show that we cover. So you're gonna grade the season. You're gonna give the season either an A, B, C, D, F, and pluses and minuses are allowed. So you can give a B plus or an A minus. You know, whatever tickles your fancy. And I want you to explain the grade that you gave the season. So, uh, I've been picking on Priscilla first throughout the entire episode, so l- I'll do it backwards. Wilson, what's your grade for the season and why?
0: I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to give it an A-. minus. It was really wow. well. Um, uh, it was stylized very well. I think it would have been, maybe had a little bit more pop and a little bit more the reveal would have been a little bit more of a big deal if it had been maybe two or three episodes shorter in length. Um, and I think uh, the A minus is also due to the lack of notable character deaths. So if I had a little bit more character, like main character deaths, then I, I it probably would have been a straw, a solid A. But uh, because of that, I have to leave it with an A minus. But you know, I started off wavering, but it, it kind of grew on me as the season went on.
1: All oh, right, now so an A minus from Wilson here, Prince Rico Suave. What's your grade and why?
3: Um, I was gonna say A minus, but I'm kind of like on the fence. I'm still kind of like a B plus, maybe. I liked it a lot, but I felt like it had potential to be so much more as well. But it was a good show all around. I, I would watch another season. I'd like to see you know what they have in store. Um I hope they um up the antics next time
1: around. It's okay. a little more. So what's your final grade? B plus?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay, so we have an A minus and a B plus. Priscilla, what's your grade and why?
2: Ah, uh, it's killing me because I would want one like right in the middle of the B plus uh, of the of the B plus Wait, and B the plus a, minus. And a
3: minus. Yes. Same here.
1: You want like a B Cause plus because. Plus? <laughs> yes.
2: I'm gonna say that I loved how the show was stylized. I loved all the references that they gave, and I, I loved how they portrayed like the fun the deaths that were there, like Coney and Chanel Number no. Two and Candle Girl. Like su- the deaths were funny and made sense. I just wish, like Wilson said, that there were more like main character deaths. And oh my God, Grace and Pete. Killing me this season. That's why, like, it's a that that it's a whole letter grade down. Normally, I really like like things that are dark comedy and like pop culture. Like Eve and this, those two killed it.
1: <laughs> so
2: yeah, that, that that's boring. why I give the grade that I gave it.
1: So what's your final grade? A B plus? Uh-uh.
2: I can't have it in the middle. A B plus.
1: Okay, I'm gonna give it. An A- minus as well. I was actually going to give it a solid A, but there were a couple, of, uh, a couple of little faults to the series. I mean, it's the first season, so hopefully they learn some of the mistakes when they do a second season. But I think it was a very strong first season. It was hilarious. I think the deaths that they did show were very good and hella entertaining. I thought all of the characters really were phenomenally done. Each one had their quirks and like we always say, I mean there's always stuff going on in the backgrounds, like you can't miss the background stuff because they're reaction shots and it's just a visual feast for the eyes, not just with um their the outfits and the locations and all that kind of stuff. I mean you know, just what the characters are doing was just phenomenal to look at because something's going on filling up the screen. As far as like the ending, I don't mind that there weren't a billion deaths at the end realistically speaking like you know could some of the other characters have died sure but uh i don't know I, I think the characters that did die some at least somehow like there was a reasoning why they died so i'm, I'm fine with the characters that didn't die not dying and uh, i like that the killer got away with it so that a lot of the other killers in the team died but then there was like the final girl killer that she was the final girl of the killers i like that th- someone sort of survived and uh... isn't like paying for the crime because there's always hope for a second season and maybe she'll die in the second season because there'll be a new killer seeking revenge for something maybe or maybe not maybe they're just gonna be batshit crazy i love that our homegirl denise Hemphill is still alive and I love that scene with Chad and Denise. It was everything that I could have ever dreamed up in my head. so for all those reasons, I give it an a minus I mean there were little things that that I could complain about, but I think all of you sort of uh said it already, so I don't really have anything negative to add as to why I didn't give it like an A plus or an A overall, I thought it was a solid first outing, and I'm looking forward to. Seeing it again, hopefully. So let's briefly talk about the future. I know that there's been this rumor of summer camp, but then all of a sudden, Lee, not Leah Michelle, um, I think it was Entertainment Weekly uh, when I was talking about ratings, said that maybe it might not be that. Of course, that could just be buzz, you know, so that people get off the scent of summer camp. But if there is a second season, and uh, let's pretend it's not at summer camp, where would you guys like for the series to be set?
2: I think they talked a lot about how every single one of them wanted to be like a news anchor and how Zayday wanted to be like president and stuff. So ha- like seeing them like on um, like American like internship wise like at Washington DC or something like that'd be pr- that that'd be fun to do. If they can't do something like super kitschy like summer camp, at least tie in like their backgrounds together to have the Chanel's doing something.
3: Yeah, that's a good one. I was thinking maybe um, working at a carnival or something, like, like Six Flags type thing. Amusement park.
1: I like that. <laughs> yeah, <American laughs> yeah, I can Wars see that. Four.
3: Yeah, like a summer job, but like now the killer's trying to kill him around the amusement park.
0: Yeah, I was kind of sticking to the summer thing for some reason. I was like, maybe they had I- gone on vacation and bumped into one another, and like somehow Denise Hempfield was there, and they were all on vacation, and then a that killer
2: saddles. struck, and they
1: Oh my gosh.
2: At Sandals would be perfect. And that's how, that's how they bump into Denise Hemphill.
1: After Quantico, I bought Sandals. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> or they do Nah, they wouldn't do Quantico.
1: No, no. But Denise does deserve her own spin-off. That would be fantastic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. She she does she deserves a spin-off with her and Chad Radwell.
1: Oh, that would be epic. Yeah. Where do I think they would go? Um, Well, obviously they're in May. So if they continue on with the timeline, if they don't do like a major time shift or time jump, then it would be summer. So the next logical thing would be summer camp, like everyone has been predicting or talking about or the rumor and whatnot. I would love to see summer camp. Uh, You know, I've predicted this for American Horror Story forever, you know, wanting a summer camp and thinking they should do a summer camp. Them taking that concept and turning it into a comedy might be pretty damn good. So I'm hopeful that they do do summer camp. But if they don't, them working at like a Six Flags, like a theme park, that would be entertaining.
2: Maybe like a prequel, kind of like a Pretty Little Liars thing where they're like all in high school. I mean, they, if they did it with Sex and the City with the Carrie Diaries, they can do it with Scream Queens.
1: But how, they wouldn't have known Denise.
2: She can come out, like, somehow. Like, the, it, They'll make Murphy. her young. Yes. No, remember. She, she plays, she plays herself her when young she's young. young. So, it, so it wouldn't matter.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. Right, that works out, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else besides a summer camp. I think because we just keep, we've kept on talking about summer camp, I can't really think of another concept that would work. Ooh, maybe like Scream Queen's uh, summer cruise or something, and they're on like uh, a cruise ship.
3: On the boat, yeah. And they they all
1: run into each other on the cruise ship. They Uh, all got it, they all got invites to the cruise, all paid for, and no one was suspicious until they all found each other on the cruise ship together.
2: And it'd be a murder mystery sort of thing, like Clue, because they're all stuck in one location. Mm-hmm. And it's all a who done it within a, a specific locale, as opposed to, like, the whole campus. That'd be fun.
3: You know, plus, you know, the new added characters that are interested.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that might be interesting. I want to that- flash
2: forward <laughs> with Zadie's president. Oh, that yes. would be
1: fantastic. So, on that note, we want to thank everyone for tuning into Are You Afraid Scream Queens. Thank you so much for joining us these past 11 episodes. We will have new episodes of uh, Are You Afraid Scream Queens in the future if uh, Scream Queens has been greenlit for a second season. You can tune into our sister show, Are You Afraid uh, Hotel for everything american horror story hotel we also have previous seasons based on coven and freak show as well please like us on facebook by going to facebook.com pcr are you afraid you can also like poppy chulo radio on facebook by going to facebook.com poppy chulo radio visit poppy chulo archives to download this episode and many more registered users will gain access to our archives of previously aired broadcasts. You can email us with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns at contact at com. Co-hosts, can you please wish the listeners a good night?
3: Good night, everybody.
1: Hopefully see y'all
0: soon.
2: Keep each other in hashtag
1: cahoots. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. an American Horror Story. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. See you hopefully sometime possibly in fall. 2016. Good night, everyone.